Why are we recording? Um, well, I thought us doing D&D characters would be a good opening bit. I think it's not very funny, though. Okay, well then let's just keep... All right, let's try to think of something else. That's fine. Well, because I was actually going to say, I'm like, could you... I do want to talk at least a little bit, because I'm like, again, horrifyingly. Um, I mean, I guess we can keep this in, but I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is kind of chill for an opening bit. We should do a different opening bit. Maybe splice the opening bit ahead of mm-hmm. this. In any case, I feel like it's important to at least educate some of these children who inexplicably listen to our fucking podcast. Which we do not take responsibility we, for. We 100% do not take responsibility hey. for, but hi, if hey, you're here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You're not my responsibility. Uh, but like, you know. Stay in school. Stay in school. But, like, here's the thing is your school, unless you have a very good AP U.S., not even, AP World History teacher, and even then, that's a crapshoot, you're not going to hear about the Spanish Civil War much. And I really do think you should because it's kind of important to talk about. And this episode inexplicably decided it would be a good um, vehicle. Wait, wait, let's save that. Uh, let's, okay, so what do we want our opening bit? Okay. What? I mean, we're, we've been on vacation. We talked about... Vacation, even the birds are gay. Yeah, I mean, um, we talked about Feehan last week. All right, Feehan? I not, oh, yeah. I should not be doing clothes and marker. I should be doing yeah, clothes and Yeah, myself. what are you doing? I was trying to do a coat. I, 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 now it just looks like a Buffalo Bill skin coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, let me go. Oh, so you should have a reference in front. Oh, you do. Okay, never mind. Forget I said anything. All right, let me go get my colored pencils. Okay. And then we can... <laughs> We're just going to keep... We're just gonna keep making bad audio. Okay. So, opening bit. The two times today I have been injured. Um, the first was my horrible son, who is sitting under me right now. The love of my life, my beautiful little boy. Um, my perfect Italian-American little man. Um, he has this disgusting-ass hair tie that he fucking adores. It's this huge, it's like a stretchy fabric. Like, it's big. Oh my god, look. Kitty. Oh, hello. It's Tomasi. They are chilling. It's actually, so we're on vacation and we brought our cats with us because the cats would not, they would be lonely. And also, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a matter of feeding them and we wouldn't want to board them and getting people to feed them. or So, so we just brought them with us. They are getting along great because Phil and Damien could not give less of a fuck because they're like nine years old now. So like they don't give a shit about some like year old cats running around fucking around with them, which is good. And Tarazi and Tomas aren't like, you know, aggressive with them. They're everyone's, everyone's chilling. So this is unrelated, but it's, it's a nice, it's a nice update. Um, okay. So two day, two times a day I've been in so far today. Um, so horrible, beautiful love of my life. Wait, oh no. Did he follow you, dear? Oh, no, wait, there he is. He's still under the chair. I, I couldn't feel him against my foot. All right. So horrible, beautiful love of my life sitting under my chair. Um, so I have to keep bending down to petting, to pet him, which is making for really difficult audio. Um, he has this disgusting little hair tie that he loves and adores and it's like big enough and stretchy enough that he can bat it around with his with his paw in a way that he really likes and i'm like oh, i have to find more of these because no matter how many toys you buy your cat they're gonna find the smallest and most disgusting thing to play with yep so guaranteed guaranteed so he really likes that there's linoleum on this kitchen floor and there's no real rug to break it up like there is yeah. in our apartment so he just zooms around in this kitchen, batting this thing back and forth. So, of course, this dipshit inevitably spikes this fucking thing. Like, he is fucking, like, right under the oven. Like, he is in the fucking NHL. And he is, like, standing there, staring at it, looks at me. And I'm just like, okay, fine. So I get, I have to get down on my knees and I have to dig this thing out. But I'm kneeling on bare, like, linoleum. And it hurts so 
fucking bad on my knee. I don't know what the fuck I rolled in it, but oh my lord, the agony. So I'm okay now, but that hurt like a motherfucker. But got it, what cost? <laughs> got it, what cost? Seriously. Um... And then the second time, like maybe 20 minutes afterward, was um, we went to go get Starbucks. Because don't worry, even even on vacation, it's conversations to and from Starbucks. Now, let me explain to you the Starbucks situation. Is Last year, they finally, finally brought a Starbucks. I have been asking for a Starbucks in Gloucester, Massachusetts since I was like 11. Yeah. And finally, last year, I guess that would have been 17 years later, they finally put one nearby because Ari and I used to have to drive. It was a nice drive. I mean, I it liked was a nice it. drive. We would drive to Beverly and get Starbucks there. It's the closest one. And my parents would be like, are you really getting in the car and doing 20 minutes there and 20 minutes back every day to get? And I'm like, this is, it's, it's important to our psyche. And we liked to, and we would drive and we would talk. I actually do miss that drive. We should yeah, do it we at should, least once for old say. time's sake. And also, this is the first year we're here and I don't have my job breathing up my ass because I work for myself now. Yay! Anyway, Ari uh, did try to throw out my drink from yesterday and they ran. There's oh, a- hold on. I want to... Okay. okay. So, I need you to understand that, like, I was wearing Crocs and before all of you laugh about Crocs' ironic resurgence, I will say, as somebody who does a lot of standing in the kitchen and cooking, these things are worth their weight in fucking gold. At least in terms of, you know, like standing. But like we were just running out of the house. So I didn't bother putting nice shoes on. It's like, whatever, I'll just take my Crocs. We're not even getting out of the car. I'm just, I just need them. But I was like, oh, fuck, we have to throw out this latte because we were also picking up coffee for my partner. So we wouldn't, I would be holding two drinks. It was, it was a mess. So I was like, all right, let me just do it. And I've never really worn the Crocs outside of standing in the kitchen or going to the beach, which they're also incredibly beach, useful beach. for. Because they're basically water shoes. That's true. Um, so I was like i've been able to finally go back to the gym and i am rejoicing so i was like feeling thanks, a little, thanks nixano um fuck, fuck covid thanks nixano um so i was like oh i wonder how far i can run in crocs don't run in crocs <laughs> like just don't fucking do it it is such a bad idea they do not have traction but i didn't know because i've only worn them like for cooking and swimming so i have never fallen like that i was literally like i felt my body start to give way and I just kept trying to outrun falling where I was like, well, if I just keep going, like eventually my body will write it. It was not happening. It like my, I, I hovered. I, I, like, I was like, I know that I know I'm going to fall, but I just want to fall as least painfully as possible. And I did manage it. I sort of basically fell hard. Like I fell till I was like about perpendicular with the ground and then collapsed from there. So it wasn't like a complete fall from my full height. And I managed to scrape my knee up a little. Not too bad. I've definitely had worse knee injuries. I think I may have even talked about the Detective Pikachu one on the podcast before. Um, And then I, like, banged up the side of my knee. But, like, it's it's totally fine now. It was really just such a brief. But I was like, what the fuck? Can I say? You are so brave. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Listen, it was really funny because I got back in the car and the Starbucks guy was like, like, Rachel's telling the Starbucks guy about it. I'm like, I'm sorry. Because well, I have a little camera on the drive-thru, so I'm like... Stop! Yeah, yeah, they do. But God! That's why I was wearing my sunglasses, because I didn't put, like, a face on, and I feel like I look Are you fucking serious? Draggled and tired. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We call that we call that a secondary Pauline. Not a full Pauline, <gasps> but a secondary. Jesus Christ! I never would have done that if I... Well, I probably, you know, I really have, but I was like, oh, God damn it. Oh, God. 
Listen, who is he? Listen, every homosexual apparently in Gloucester, Massachusetts gets put at the Starbucks or at the board game cafe in Beverly. And those are your only two options for employment over God, the summer. God, I fucking hate it here. I can never show my fucking face at that Starbucks again. That's fine. What? Is, all right, so what? passive wisdom and inspiration. Do those? Do I fill those in at the moment or no? I don't know how. Okay. So, Still know. And so we are currently also, um, because we're going to, the first part try that we did of the opening bit was kind of just, what? We are currently making a D&D characters for a campaign that my husband will be running mm-hmm. on when he gets here. Yep. And we went to a board game cafe to start doing our characters. And let me tell you, not only was it imperative that I was the sexiest person at that board game cafe, and along with Ari and Mia, I was. Yes. Well, that's um, not hard, though. We, I mean, I swear to God, I'm like, I almost don't want to go with Tim because we got treated like fucking royalty. There, I mean, really, it was actually kind of, it's one of those things where I, I, I didn't do it on purpose, but like, until I get top surgery, I have an enormous fucking rack. Can I say something? Yeah. When Ari was running and they fell, because I was, I was literally behind the wheel of a car in a drive-thru. Yeah, no, I didn't think So I gonna... had to keep my foot on the brake. <laughs> Which is, you know, imperative when you are driving a car. And... Yeah, no, basic driving 101. They uh, fell and their rack, like, buoyed them like a fucking... Yeah. It, 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 airbag? I mean, fun bag airbag is, I think, the colloquial term. That was, unfortunately, what we were kind of dealing with here. But, um... Oh, God, big stretch. And so I had to try not to laugh. <laughs> because they were injured. And... I wasn't injured that badly. It's okay. That is really funny. Uh, but, you know, do you remember in New Hampshire yeah, Bridge series when, when Mai falls on Joey and it makes a squeaky toy sound? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Thanks. That. <laughs> I hate you people. No, I mean, I no, would hope okay. so because she's an adult woman. And I'm in high, high school. school. Okay, all right, so I've gotten a reference out of the way. Did we talk about the anime last podcast? We, remember you We're sl- fucking slipping. No, you mentioned JoJo's and I had to beep a couple things out that were spoilers. Oh, okay, we did, we did. You're right, because I was like, and oh, yeah. And you said, if you've listened to this podcast, haven't you already watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? I mean, to an extent, yeah. Um, Is he still under here? Hello, little man. Little man. Little man. Are you here? I can't, it's, he's literally, like, right under the chair. No, he's not. He's gone. He's like, it was hard to see him before. He was right under, I'm sure he'll come back screaming at me for attention. Um, They always do. They always do. Um... And so what was my train of thought? I am creating a Sphinx cat, a Tabaxi rogue, yeah. named Goblin. And I was filling out my character sheet, and I was like, God, wouldn't it be so funny if I was writing this and I misspelled Sphinx? And then I wrote Sphix, which is huge for me. Yes. And then also, uh, when I went to do the next part, I wrote Level as L-E-V-I-L. Leville. Like Weevil. Yes. And, um, I, I, I mean, I'm not a great speller, but I definitely do know how to regularly spell that word. Until I didn't. Apparently. Apparently. So, that's where we are. And, um, you know, actually, before we go into the episode, um, we actually were thinking about covering some kind of significant stuff. Because, like, I'm sure we're going to go off the rails. But, um, we're going to be discussing... You know, the well, violence let's, let's of war yeah, we're gonna... and um, abortion. Oh, yeah. So just wanted you to know before we went into the episode. Yeah, because this is, this is definitely a heavy episode. Um, I definitely actually, I, I, the thing I'm thinking of when I was, when I said to you before and I was like, the Spanish Civil War yeah. is such an 
inappropriate topics for this show. I was also like, well, you know what's really interesting is I will say this in their defense for using Mm -hmm. this, and it's because they barely used any of it, but still. Do you... You you do remember. You remember the um, World War One episode Ooh. that was just unending. Do I remember the I World mean, War One episode? Yes. Uh, so, which will be a Patreon exclusive when we get around to that. Yes, we will be doing that. Hopefully once we're all done. Like, summer's going to be crazy because of Dragon Con. Realistically Probably speaking. before season seven starts, we will fire it up. Yes, before season seven starts, we're going to try to at least have one episode up. But real posting on it is going to begin in earnest, probably after Dragon Con, just realistically speaking. Yeah, and Dragon Con is Labor Day weekend, which is in September this year. Yes. Can't stand when that happens. I fucking hate when it happens. Um, In any case, uh, what was my train of thought? Um, This was a better episode in that regard than the World War I episode, but holy shit, talk about damning with faint praise. Welcome. Um, Let me just make sure this, I don't know if this was the 10th or the 11th, I've forgotten. You're fine. Which episode this was. You are fine. Oh, because little man's over there. Yeah, Tomas likes to run up to Phil and hiss at him and then run away. But, like, doesn't do anything else other than that. And she doesn't bap him and he just stares at her. Because when you bapping and slapping, you whapping. Um, is this a, is this, you have to tell me, otherwise it's enslapment. Otherwise Um, it's enslapment. So, this is the 10th episode Uh, of the 6th season, which, God, it looks like I drew a skin coat. Which we have so called upsetting. unhinged, unhappy, and unpregnant. God, that was actually thanks, Mia. Um, and why it's called that, we're gonna get into a little bit more. I think when we start talking about reproductive issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, let's. And of course, Ari mentioned, and I think I might cut this part out. I might have cut it out because it was part of the opening bit that was just kind of happening. Yep. But the Spanish Civil War is not something you spend a lot of time in in American schools. No, you do not. I Um, really don't remember it. And maybe you do if you're in, like, art history. World history, I think it was brought up, but we didn't do a ton of focus Mm -hmm. on it. Because it kind of looks bad from an American history perspective. Because it's like, yeah, this was the one place where the fascists, like, won for a while. Yeah. Like, not forever, but yeah, for a while. And you're probably like, oh, well, America was so busy after World War II sticking their fingers in communist affairs and they didn't bother with it. And the answer is no. No, they didn't. No, they just, yeah. Because fascism and the U.S. are A-OK together. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You will never, and like teens, if you're listening to this, you will never shock a group of teens like when you tell them that in World War II, the reason it took us so long to get involved is because the U.S. didn't know which side it wanted to be on. Oh, yeah. And that means, yes, the U.S. did genuinely consider if it wanted to be with actual Nazi Germany. And just in a way where it's like, yeah, fundamentally, we just didn't like that there was a bigger fascist than us. Hi. Can I help you, Tomas? Hello. Do you see um, this little child? Right and here? like, I mean, we, right I guess, I guess you can thank that indecisiveness for all Kate media. I mean, yeah. Because, um, a lot of Jewish people had relatives that were trying to flee to the States, some successfully, some unsuccessfully. 
and um, the U.S. hesitance to get involved was steeped in anti-Semitism as well as many other factors. Um, and that is why comics creators, that is why um, Superman was made, that is why Captain America was made, basically as someone to protect Jewish people when the government would not. And um, that's why you can't call Superman Jesus, Brandon. Truly. But I digress. Spanish Civil War, real bad time. Inexplicably, so this episode is Legends going, hey, are you really excited that Zari 1.0 is back? Great, she has exactly five seconds of screen time. Thanks. And I'm like, is that, is that it? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, can I get, no. No. Fuck you. No. Fuck you for caring. Truly. So mostly this episode is John and Spooner in 1939 Spain um, trying to find the well of Imperium, Fountain of Imperium, I don't know. Well of Imperium, Lands of Longinus Imperium. Yes, the uh, same thing. MacGuffin Supreme. MacGuffin Supreme. Supreme. Um, we get an opening scene where Berard and Nate and Gary, who is an alien this episode because he can't find his glasses, and I guess Phil hates me personally, Yeah. Um, are singing a lullaby to little Gus Gus. Um, and it's always nice to hear Shan sing. Yeah. I mean, that that at least. And the other that great is thing is that, like, Sarah and Ava are only show up at the very end of this episode, which is a huge point in its favor. Yes. Where it's we like. We did it. People were coming to me. They're like, I can't believe how much they do listen to you. And I'm like, if they do listen to me, why is Gary still? They were literally like, okay, we're going to make Gary an alien, but Sarah and Ava aren't in this episode. Isn't that enough for you? And the answer is no. No, no you absolute assholes. No, God. Why would that be enough? I fucking hate you people so goddamn much. Seriously. So we focus a lot so john has the extremely fruity painting of alistair crowley in his home he's arguing with it um truly the most british thing possible is john is just like if you don't tell me where the fountain is i will put gum on you oh god yeah and alistair crowley's like no anything but that and i'm like wow this show hates does this show hate gay people do i hate gay people am i the homophobe yes the answer is god i sure fucking hope so at I this sure point, hope so. And we also meet a vampire very briefly. She is sexy. Um, I actually looked to see if she was involved in DC canon at all because there are vampires in the DC canon. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a vampire who's worked with the Suicide Squad called Natalia, who is. Is that who this is? No, her name is Noella, but I think she might be adjacent. Ah. Um, DC also ran a series briefly called I Vampire, which I believe had originally been a Vertigo title. Um, DC gained a lot of vampires in the Vertigo Convergence. That's That's also what brought John Constantine into the DC universe. So, uh, sorry about that, Alan. Oops. Truly, my bad. And, um, then Alistair Crowley is like, oh, this is a little drug that makes you do magic. It's made of, you know, blood. And we're all like, oh, fucking fantastic. Because you know they're not gonna, I mean, truly Chekhov's, Chekhov's imaginary drug principle, where it's like, they're not gonna show John with it. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Yeah, because I am gonna be mad about that later, but I am also... 
I thought we were going to start off kind of light so that I could work on a character sheet oh, okay. as well. Just because I'm like, this is really heavy and I want to kind of give it more of my full attention. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a heavy... Here's the thing. Acting-wise, good, spectacular yeah, episode. Really good. Um, Plot-wise, very mad that we didn't get a lot of Zari 1.0. Especially because um, this is her episode to be here, and then I guess Zari 2.0 I mean, I have, back. Yeah, I have no idea what the schedules for the Zaris are. I mean, now that John is kind of messing around, I'm like, are we bringing Zari 2.0 back because she's crucial? And this is exactly, remember why I was like, why are you writing Zari out of John's plot? Yeah. And it was like, oh, so you can do something real stupid. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I regret having asked. Truly. Hello, and welcome back to I Regret Having Asked. I mean, I will say, before we get into the nitty-gritty of John's plot. Someone sent me an ask last night about people theorizing that, like, oh, John's going to be the villain next season. I'm like, number one, first of all, that's very sexy to me. Yes. Villains are sexy. A lot of the time. And there's nothing I can do about it. Now, Legends has had some sexy villains, and they've had some very unsexy villains. Um, which is, which is, you know, really brave of them. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, like Nora Dark when she was a villain. Very sexy. Damien Dark. Never sexy. Eobard Thawne. Extremely sexy. Vandal Savage. Never sexy. No, never. Neron. Upsettingly sexy. Unfortunately so. When he was in Brandon's body, I mean. Like, damn. Damn. Damn, I went through a lot. Damn. We really did suffer. Um... But also, again, as we mentioned in our most recent episode before this one, people are literally just like, Matt Ryan's name isn't on this list in the makeup artist trailer, which means that John is gonna fucking go to space, die. I don't... Getting his... He's busy. And this is the thing is, why, why bother if you're watching DC's Legends of Tomorrow? Why bother hypothesizing when this show just enjoys uh, spitting in your face when you do. Like, what are you gaining from being wrong every single time? Are you like, people are going to respect me more because I'm positing theories about DCs. If you... You know, when a five-year-old writes, like, a, a short story, you know, like, for class, and they draw the pictures in it, yes. you're never like, okay, I know exactly where this is going to go. No. Because this child is... Because this so, child is just telling me nonsense. Is following narrative beats. And good for, good for them. You're more likely to predict where the five-year-old is going, because you can probably guess that Spider-Man will be involved. Oh, point. Spider-Man is absolutely going to be. Yeah. Spider-Man is 100%. But with DC's Legends of Tomorrow, I mean, fuck, man. Save yourself the effort. Preserve your own fucking sanity, I guess, unless you don't want to. In which case, keep going. You fucking crazy, you crazy diamond. Crazy shine on, you crazy diamond, etc. All right, I got the spell. I got three cantrips, two spells. Perfect. Okay, so. Oh, little man. Do we want to talk first about abortion or do we want to talk about addiction? And. What a sentence. All right. Let's like, actually like start. MTV let's start. Let's start with the basis of the episode as I look up a quick reference for. Ah! I dropped a colored pencil. Yes. Um, it happens to the best of us. What are you looking up a reference for? Uh, the Spanish Civil War. Because I'm like, hey, let's so, talk about this briefly. 
So as Ari gets their references, just so we can, I mean, again, yeah. this is this is literally just me telling you guys some stuff off Wikipedia. But here's the thing: you guys are literally not going to hear this talked about in school. And if you I are in the United, if States. you are in the United States, I don't know what it's like other places. I am so sorry. Sorry, we can only speak for the United States here. But um, you're probably not going to hear this talked about in school, so you should at least have some idea of what the fuck we're talking about. And if you want to do your own research outside of Wikipedia, um, go for let it. Let me pull up the painting so we can reference that as well. Guernica? Yes. If yes. you've ever seen Guernica, which you are actually more likely to have seen than to have had a full discussion of the Spanish which, Civil oof. War. That's um, right. When you said artist, you're like, why art? And I was like, oh, yeah. The Spanish Civil War is absolutely integral to Picasso. Oh, yeah. And so if you've ever learned about Picasso in a class, you've probably touched on it, uh, but perhaps not in detail. So Guernica is um, one of his most famous pieces. It's enormous, and it is fucking brutal. Yeah, it's bad. It's heavy. Not bad. It's like it's heavy. And that is essentially what you need to know about the Spanish Civil War, is that it was just bad. Well, yeah. For some context in terms of what, you, what I mean when I say, like, that was, we don't really the talk about it a lot. The non-fascists lost, and they lost for a very long time. Yep. I mean, not forever, because if there's one thing Nazis do, it's lose. It's lose. But I, I'm like, I think fundamentally that's the reason it doesn't get talked about as much, because yeah. it's an uncomfortable... Because it's like, then the immediate question is... So let me just say this, to start with. The nationalists, the fascists, won the war, which ended in early 1939, and ruled Spain until Franco's death in... November 1975. That is 30 something fucking years. So nobody really talks about it because then it becomes immediately, well, why the fuck didn't anybody try to intervene with this fascist government for 30 fucking years? Because they weren't communists, so who cares? Yeah. So it's kind of like, hey, this is an important thing to understand in the context of why you're not told this. It's not because it's a secret or because it's like, I don't know. Like, it's just literally like nobody wants to talk about the fact that we let a fascist government fester in Europe for 30 fucking years. So, fuck. I mean, if you know anything about U.S. history, it's like we love to get involved unless the country itself also has a reasonable GDP. And then we're like, oh, I don't know. Uh-huh. Unless it's, like, actual fascist, and then we're like, I don't know, are we kind of fascist ourselves? Yes. So it's important to note that, like, this was also a coup. This was not, like, an an equal ground fight. There were left, there were, like, left-leaning parties in control in Spain, and they were ousted by an aggressive militaristic right-wing force. This is not the only time this has happened. This happens a lot, actually, and usually it's the U.S. You may have it. seen it attempted Iranian, uh, this year. This year, Iranian re- the fucking 1970, 1979, the Iranian. Yes, this is actually a rare shot, fascist right? coup, and that the but US the U.S. didn't take part. I was like, oh wait, we're not. It's not us. It's not. I mean, truly, truly one of the, it's not us. Is of the of the twentieth century. One of the few. It's not us. Is yeah. Um. So it is important to note that, like. Yeah, this is basically what you need to understand about the, the, the thoughts of the other countries going on at the time. The nationalist, fascist, forces received, received munitions, soldiers, and air support from fascist Italy and Nazi Germany, while the Republican side received support from the Soviet Union and Mexico. And when I say Republican in this context, please understand I mean, like, left-wing. I'm going to say, yeah. like, nationalist slash fascist and Republican slash left-wing so that you don't get confused. Um, other countries... 
such as the United Kingdom, the French Third Republic, and the United States continued to recognize the Republican slash left-wing government, but followed an official policy of non-intervention, also known as if he dies, he dies. Good, good luck. It sounds crazy. Good luck, though. Damn, that's crazy. Although, despite this policy, tens of thousands of citizens from non-interventionist countries directly participated in the conflict. They fought mostly in the pro-Republican international brigades, which also included several thousand exiles from pro-nationalist regimes. Which I think is, like, important to talk about in that context. Also, another thing that talks about the Spanish Civil War that you may have touched on in literature class, although I don't know. If you've ever read Homage to Catalonia by George Orwell... That is also part and parcel of this. Um, I think it's important to kind of understand that this is, this is an important, it's one of the, this is kind of like the Korean War in that this has like massive consequences, but just not in a way that anyone ever really talks about. Yeah. Um, This is very much a war that you've probably never heard about directly, but there's a lot of art and literature discussing it. Um, to other to, to people that aren't in the U.S., it was a big deal. Yeah, that's another big thing. It's like, yeah, we sort of it didn't really matter to us if someone in Europe was fascist because, like, we don't live there, we don't live anywhere near there. But like, yeah, it it's also something where, and, and we're actually going to kind of talk about how this 1939, episode. Nineteen thirty nine, the U.S. was like, well, if we intervene on this, it will make Hitler angry, and we don't know if he's our enemy yet. So yes, but it's a thing where it's like. The other place that I think, aside from maybe homage to Catalonia and Guernica, that people may have heard about this war from, is the excellent, excellent movie, Pan's Labyrinth. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen that, Rachel hasn't, which we're going to have to fix that. It's literally one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it is a movie set in the Civil War, Spanish Civil War, um, and manages to be, I think, the most effective blend of like magical like fan fan like fantasy and fascism which not in a good way but like in a way where it's like yeah it kind of gives you this weird there's a dreamlike atmosphere to the whole film and the brutality of the spanish civil war is a really great way to sort of pull you out of that with maximum with like just maximum emotional weight it's a really, really, really good film. Um, cannot recommend it enough. Um, and they pretty much, they directly ripped off of like multiple shots in the movie this episode. Um, most of which are kind of spoilers, but it's kind of why I'm like, I recommend if you've watched the show to go watch Pan's Labyrinth and go, oh, hey, they just straight up stole, stole that scene right down to the blocking. We almost called this episode Sham's Labyrinth. Also, this because of because of fuzzy arms and I and I and I just hate. Do, do you have the eraser? You're, You're not erasing. Waiting. That's like eight layers of colored pencil. That is not happening. All right. Well, I guess I'll just cut this part out then. I see. I see. I, I don't I don't know if you really want furry sleeves. No, I don't. I don't. That's why I'm cutting out the coat and okay. taping it and drawing, okay. drawing something back over it. One moment, please. You're good. Um, But it Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. While she's gone, time for me to talk about movies. Um, no, I'm kidding. But no, Pan's Labyrinth is genuinely one of the best movies of the 2000s. You really should watch it. Um... It. I mean, can we, is this really? I mean, is Rip Off fair? Is it not more sort of like an homage? Is it? I. You know, and you know, I, with Legends, I hesitate to give them that. I don't. I think it may very well have been at least a little bit, especially because Fernando looks kind of like a male Ophelia. But um. He does, doesn't he? He does. I've seen. I know who the main in the film is. Yeah. He was in. 
the Shannara Chronicles. Oh, was she? That's cool. Yeah. She's the um, she is Eritrea. Oh, that's cool. Who was? Are those your? You're not cutting paper with fabric scissors, are you? These are not my good fabric scissors. Okay, sorry. Hide means like, what are you doing? No, these are my muslin fabric scissors. Okay, then so. you're fine. It's fine. Um, but like, I do think it was somewhat of a reference, but it just feels. I think that's what kept this episode from being a World War One retread. Um, because they kept it a little bit more fantastical. And when we well, say not that, even just that, but just yeah. that they were doing they were doing a reference to something better. Also, I lied. This would not be a Patreon exclusive because we actually did cover it. We were already doing the podcast by the time we did. I was going to say, when you said, I was like, I'm we called sure it we... Blackadder Goes Forth. Yes, because I, I have seen a ton of terrible. Th- well, actually, Blackadder Goes Forth is also very good, but like also very specific. Um, God, if only we were funny. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Damn. Um, it is something where it's like, I think they were trying to do. A, I think the fact that they were trying to do an honest reference is what made it from being brutally, unsalvageably upsetting. Well, see, here's the thing, is that Blackadder goes, the World War I episode was supposed to be their homage to Lord of the Rings, but the thing is, Lord of the Rings, as we all know, is about World War I, and so they're like, what if it was an overt metaphor? And so... They didn't, they, they didn't focus on the things that would have worked. Like, Lord, yeah. Lord of the Rings is something where it's like, and actually this is funny, because it says, I read Chronicles of Narnia instead of Lord of the Rings as a kid, and I've only been reading them with my partner as of late. I hadn't read them before, mm-hmm. and there's so many fascinating things about these books that just simply do not fucking get talked about in, in popular cultural understanding of it. The important thing to understand about Lord of the Rings is that it is a, it is a, it is, the fantasy see this is it's kind of set almost after the end of high fantasy at least in the terms of middle earth a thing you don't really get from the films and you have to read the books to understand is that like there is so much emphasis on how we are sort of living in the end times of of an empire that is well 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 out of way at this point. Oh. It's very British in that regard, where they're like, yeah. They're, oh, they're, England? Oh, England. Yeah, no. When you understand that Middle Earth is very much like England in, like, the mid, like, the 1920s, and, like, we're, we're on the, the last gasps of colonialism and stuff like that. I don't think he meant it in a colonialist way, but just in terms of, like, all the heroes and all the great stories and all of the, all of the epics and the songs and the, and the myths mm-hmm. and the... All of that has been done before and we live in a dying age now. And I'm like, this hits harder than it did back when you wrote it for a lot of reasons. Um, so the books are really good in that regard, but that is not what the Legends episode focused on. They sort of focused on like, I guess the really big battle at the end of Return of the King. Yeah. But that's a dumb thing to focus on if you're focusing on Tolkien's work. He fucking hated writing fight scenes. Like the... The one in The Hobbit is literally just Bilbo passing out and then just waking up and getting told what happened, which, incidentally, great way to get out of writing fight scenes if you don't like doing it. Um, so they focused on something that I think is sort of anti- anti- antithetical to antithetical. Tolkien's um, Tolkien's sort of world worldview and writing expertise, and it suffered for it. However, they took from Pan's Labyrinth some of the good stuff. Not all of the good stuff, but they took some of the good so it was able, you were able to sort of translate this better. I will say the one complaint I have is for the, especially because Pan's Labyrinth does not, does not pull punches about how fucking brutal um, the Spanish fascist regime was. Um, It kind of didn't, you didn't really get like, and I know that's partially because they're doing it for TV, Mm -hmm. but like they're filming it. Like it's, there's not a lot of menace 
It's the yes. same complaints I had, although to a slightly like a slightly less huffy extent. Remember when I was like the lighting and the and the and the shot composition in your horror episode was terrible? Yes. And it made it impossible to really be scared by it. Yes. Yeah. This is kind of like that again, where it's like you're not you're you're filming these things in a very flat TV kind of way, and it really does not work for trying to shoot like dramatic inter- it's also very telling to me that the interrogation scene sort of takes place off camera because I knew they weren't going to be able to shoot that um but like when they're like lining him up and threatening to shoot people I'm like honestly if he was a real if he was if this was like more like Pan's Labyrinth he would just shot all the people in the fucking bar yeah. anyway because that's what fascists do and I kind of wish they'd been a little more like hey these people are literally the fucking worst actually so um, I was reading the, because I was trying to see, again, I was looking for the Noelle of the Vampire Woman. I was looking to see if she had any precedent in canon. Uh-huh. And so I was looking at the AV Club review of Legends. And um, I guess shamefully enough, our review of Legends in the AV Club can sometimes line up. I think we're a little harsher. Which we're is, definitely again, a lot meaner. why we fucking do this. Yes. Because God, like, someone needs to. Um... But the reviewer for this episode mentioned that Legends is not pulling any punches when it comes to sort of left-leaning political ideology this season. You know, and they and they list, and actually I'm going to read off the list of what they mention. We try not to make our episodes a response to the AV Club's review of Legends of Tomorrow. Because we never really read it. We and never so really, we is, really don't read it because it's genuinely a thing where it's like we try not to let other people's in, opinions influence our own on yes, the show. But I think this is important but, what we're doing. Oh, Yeah. I almost searched Legends in Review on the AV Club website, and can you imagine if I pulled it? I literally would. That's it. I would just go fucking wander out into the ocean, and you'd never see me again. Bye. Um, Legends is really not fucking around when it comes to its political leaning. The gang has now taken shot at capitalism, Nazis, the Catholic Church, gentrification, the flattening of art for mass consumption, and racism in several of its many forms. So let me go over why. Do you want to hear? Can you read that a little slower, actually? Yes. Just so that people, like, get yes. it. Because it's a long list. Capitalism. Mm-hmm. Nazis. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Gentrification. Mm-hmm. The flattening of art for mass consumption. Mm-hmm. Racism. Mm-hmm. Now, flattening of art for mass consumption. That is the only one I will, unequ- like, I will give that to them. Like, but yeah. that's also because that's the one they have. I mean, I'm not saying that the writers of color in this room don't have a stake in racism or they, they don't all not like capitalism or something. Yeah. But um, an American media production is never going to be able to disassemble capitalism in any earnest way. No, never. Sorry, guys. And, I mean, Nazis, you want to say that they took on Nazis, but, like, then I remember all the times they've been like, well, if you kill the fascist, you're just... Like, how are you saying they took on racism when their take on racism was, if you kill the racist, you're just as bad? That was literally... I was like... Because I was like, well, that was the big... I'm assuming they were talking about the episode with Astra, because there really hasn't been... The only other thing is the gang desperately tries to win an alien, which doesn't, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't really talk about racism so much as it talks about representation, so it's like, I I, I mean, I think it's, I mean, that was certainly better than the Astra episode. That was definitely better than the Astra episode. Um, but, yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, that doesn't, hi, that doesn't count, 
Um, and how are you going to say they took on Nazism when Spooner goes, well, you did a great job killing those fascists, and John goes, well, one of them probably didn't deserve it. And it's like, no, 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 he did. He no, did. they all did. No, they all, they absolutely did. And that's and that's Legend's primary problem, by the way, when it comes to stuff like fascism. It tries to do this thing that Dragon Age also tries to do, but we're not going to get into that right now, where they try to be like, well, the individual person who was really good in this system um is totally it totally makes up for all of the 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 torture and abuse and crimes against humanity and and the and the slavery and the oppression and it's and it's fine and it's fine and i know what you're thinking that's bold coming from you cullen fucker and like look i needed to get a dog they don't let you have a dog in inquisition it doesn't matter the point is like it doesn't that is such a dangerous tack to take when you're trying to seriously take on political anything because it means that you're not actually interpreting the politics of either side or their messages or their or their or what they believe in or what they're doing you're interpreting them based on the people they have representing them and it is so easy to say horrible things politely that you cannot fucking do that I also want to provide a little more extra context to the Spanish Civil War, just mm -hmm. just I'm, because I'm reading this now, because this is fun. Because also well, not fun, but you well, know. Politically, there's a few, like, first of all, well, remember uh, how <laughs> said last week there's no reason for Bayrock to have not had more on-screen stuff except racism? Yeah, 100%. Where it's like, you're not taking on racism. You are... You are complicit in it by virtue of ignoring your fucking brown characters. You are completely... I mean, especially because this episode, we literally are like, oh my god, Spooner's mom. Uh, like, literally, she has not been go? brought up since Spooner's introductory episode. And I remember when we were first... And I mean, again, I know it's a fool's errand to talk about Legend's plot points. But, like, seriously, like, the fact that she has not been brought up in eight episodes, and when we were like, well, maybe she's going to secretly still be alive and with the aliens or, like... Yeah. Right. But, like... I mean, no, that wasn't even us trying to guess like plot points. That was just literally us going, "Hey, here's what you would be doing with this if you were a normal show that did fucking anything." If you were a show that, and, I, and so I mean, and this is the thing is, I guess comparatively to other things on television. I mean, that was a real. It's like if this is what you think is a good take on these things, what the fuck is going on on the rest of television? I mean, procedurals. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess I guess Legends one thing is that it's not a police procedural. Oh but like, God. I'm 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 reticent to even give them that at some point. Uh, okay, so a, a quick and this is a very like sm this is a very quick sort of like here's some background on this. It's important to understand that Spain only got rid of their their monarchy in um, 1931. So like there was that like I think keeping the fascist backlash in that context is really important too because it was such an abrupt shift from monarchy to a left-wing government and this is not me saying that like that 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 like what, what's what's the incrementalism that incrementalism is good or the only way in fact I would argue it isn't and yeah. it's not but it isn't it, it's not <laughs> but like it's something where it's like that is important to understand that there was this also huge fucking like the republic formed at basically what may have been possibly the worst time to form that because not three years later the great depression hit worldwide so oops. so well, it, no the stock market crashed in 1929 uh, well yeah but like it had it had um oh, yeah by the time it hit europe it was like the the 30s um but it is important to understand that, like, the Republic was established immediately after a monarchy. So it was kind of like backlash and then an even more violent backlash to that backlash. 
And it is, and this is, again, this is not me agreeing with this. This is just important to understand in terms of why there would be a strong fascist backlash. In December, a new reformist, liberal, and democratic constitution was declared of 1931, uh, December of 1931, I mean. It included strong provisions enforcing a broad secularization of the Catholic country, which included the abolishing of Catholic schools and charities, which many moderate committed Catholics opposed. Now, with our modern context, and now that we know the horrible crimes against children and crimes against, frankly, humanity in general, but also especially and largely indigenous people that were perpetrated at Catholic schools in the U.S. and Canada, I feel like most of us are probably not going to be sympathetic to the abolishing of Catholic schools and charities. In fact, I think that's maybe one of the smartest things they could have done. It is important to understand that in terms of like, not like, you know, it, what a lot of people opposing that where they're completely fine with siding with fascists because God forbid that we not have Catholic schools is fucking insane. But that becoming part of the bigger and bigger backlash is important to note, also to note in the context of John impersonating a Catholic priest in this episode, which is part of the other reason I brought this up. And Spooner, who briefly goes, I'm Catholic, but it's also like, are we going to explore that at all besides her just sort of no. talking to Okay. No, you know that. <laughs> now, John impersonating uh, a priest also, we were just watching, and just for a little levity, is just he starts doing that horrible accent, and Ari goes... I send to I send to the calzone into space. I don't pay the taxes. Oh, and like we, and, literally, and, and that was the accent. You, it was legitimately that, that bad. Like I, it, I so. just started laughing. Like it, it was so fucking horrible. Matt Ryan hates Italians. Matt Ryan. I mean, he is. He is. That's the thing. Is like I understand that like racism against Italians does not exist in America. And it, I mean, by I mean, and large, Europe, doesn't exist in Europe. And I'm not saying that Italians can't be racist or anything, but I do think there is still this weird thing with the English where they do still think well, of Italians. Welsh. He's Welsh, but still, with which, with, is, why, which with, is why I'm keeping him away from taste at all. Yes, costs. with with white Europeans where they do kind of look at Italians like dirty whites, mm-hmm. like well, not you? yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> ah! no, it's fine. I'm 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 actually part Italian American as well. <laughs> it's fine. I can say. It. <laughs> I'm part Italian-American. I can reclaim dirty white. No, I like spicy white better because it's funny. But, like, dirty white is also fair. Um, <laughs> But uh, I lost my train of thought completely. I don't, know any, I, I don't currently really know any slurs for Italian people. Otherwise, I would say them for your benefit. <laughs> benefit? Benefit? There were there were a couple in that Philip Roth novel that I don't remember. I want to say Pog, and I'm like, it's not Pog, but it would be really funny if it was. Somebody, I saw because someone had said like, okay, what is genuinely something from the 90s that you can't explain to other people? It's Alf. He's be- Remember Alf? He's back in Pog form. And somebody said Pogs, and then I was literally just like, I would, oh my God, let's play Pogs. <laughs> oh, we can we can play Pogs and eat some Dunkaroos. You remember Dunkaroos, don't you? Oh, and allow 3,000 Americans to perish one no. full September month. <laughs> quack, quack. Quick, stop lagging! Stop lagging! <laughs> Fine. <laughs> that, that is truly, I, I, like, if you wanted me to explain post-9-11 America in a video, it would legitimately be that one, because it's, it's, it's truly me, like, buying My Little Pony stuff, and, like, and just going, AIDS crisis, AIDS crisis, AIDS crisis, AIDS crisis, AIDS crisis, Pony. the entire time. Sparkle surprise! <laughs> Horse. Sparkle <laughs> surprise! AIDS crisis. Horse. I mean, okay, so Spooner in this episode, to get somewhat back on track, 
She Spoon- was so good. She was so, and I'm just like, again, every time you let the non-white characters in the show be in charge of the show, they carry the show. They are doing such a good job. Legends, Legends is tackling them- racism. Anyway, here's another John plot. I mean. And it's like, here's this thing. Matt Ryan can act his ass off. Yeah. And John Constantine is a comics canon character that is beloved by a lot of people, though yes. I don't know how many of them are actually watching Legends. And that's a good question, actually. But he doesn't need this plot. No, he does not. Especially because, like, that's not how magic in the DC universe works. No. And what about Astra and learning magic? What about yes. Spooner and her mom? Anything, anything, What about the Zaris? What about us finally having access and switching off in the totems? Like, what the fuck, Richard? Like, and I've said this before, but I've never really mentioned it until now. What the the fuck, fuck, Richard? Richard? It's really annoying. Like, it's one of those things where it's like... It frustrates the fuck out of me because it's like... For a lot of reasons. I guess this is where we'll talk about addiction. Because we might as well. Because then we're going to go on to the mixed stuff. I am personally really uncomfortable with addiction plot lines um i am really tired of seeing them on a show again this is a ding dong show i'm watching it to have a good time it is not fun to be sort of broadsided by an addiction plot line um with that being said i'm not saying that they can't be done i'm saying here's what is most likely going to happen no i don't think he's going to be the villain next season although i'm knocking on this wooden table just to make fucking sure because you people every day bluebirds etc etc um it is a thing where this is clearly going to be solved in the next five episodes. Or else. Or else. And so it's like, okay, so you're not giving this the levity that it's due. Great. Thanks so much. And, or you're going to make him the villain for this, which double great. Thanks double much. Um, and I just don't want to see it, especially because like, even just from a narrative perspective, we have 18 other characters who need plot lines right now. And you are fucking around with this. And, like, it just, I will also say in terms of, like, we've actually said this on the show, that this show has, in terms of Constantine adaptations, this show has done a better job making him a better person with more consistency than literally any other adaptation of Constantine ever. Because they don't allow him always to return to his his bad habits of, of being, of just getting women killed by virtue of it being in his penis radiant area area which oh god that's because this john constantine is tron yes but like yeah i mean i know but the way that these male writers i know john is uh but like male writers are writing him with a dick not to hate women but zari zari being a villain next season and then john john is a villain briefly and then zari giving something up because she both wants to save him and get back at him yes not to not to be a woman hater, but God, that would be. I mean, only temporarily. Only God, temporarily, so but still, delicious. she gave up the totem in exchange or something. We well, saw not the totem. Be... I mean, like maybe a piece of her humanity or. Okay, I mean, like listen, it's one of those things where like I just don't want them to be doing this plot line. Yeah. But yeah, there, it's it's not that it, but it's just like one, I don't want them doing this plot yeah. line because I'm, I'm so I fucking hate magic as addiction plot lines. I really Especially hate them because, in the context like, of this being established in this episode because yeah. John literally has a conversation with Spooner. About, oh, right, this is another thing I want to talk about. Oh, God. Um, where he's like, well, magic was the thing that kept me from, you know, he, it kept me free. It kept me powerful. It kept me safe in what is effectively, and I need everybody here to understand this, 
Margaret Thatcher's England. Like, I understand that now in 2021, it doesn't make sense timeline-wise, but to understand Constantine as a character, you need to understand that he was created in a time period where he was supposed to be written as a working-class magician slash wizard growing up, having grown up, and living through the aftershocks of Thatcher's England. Like, they are not necessarily talking about... You're doing a really good job on that. Um, They are not necessarily talking about, like... I, I don't know who would have been in this t- Tony Blair. Like they're literally talking about the, you know, the, the hyper capitalist, hyper conservative mm-hmm. era of England that John in his initial incarnation would have been, gr- would have been raised in and grown up in. Um, it is important to understand that context because when he's talking about people like, I mean, not that English people are still racist. Um, that has not changed in those like 40 years. But it is important to understand that context because like when he's talking about this stuff, I saw some, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to say like, obviously Spooner still deserves like more time and attention, but it's important to understand that like the context in which John exists is very much a context responding to like hyper conservative English mindsets because he was created by English people Mm -hmm. um, who themselves are, I don't know what the fuck Alan Moore's sexuality is. And I don't think he does either. You know what? It's um, better that way. Yeah. And it's better that way. But like, I don't think he's straight. Um, But it is. God help us. Seriously. But it is a thing where it's like important to understand that because his speech is not really, it, it is very meaningful that this is the thing that he's talking about in the context of like who he is and what he was created as a response to and how meaningful magic is to him as a survivor of that kind of like repressive, abusive environment mm-hmm. to then immediately make it a magic addiction plot line is so shitty and disingenuous yeah. and cruel and unfair. And fuck you guys for that. I fucking hate it here. Yep. Um, that I just wanted to kind of say that about this plot line on top of everything else to establish it in this episode, especially was a dick move. All right. Um, okay. So this is a rare, cool. This was, this is a, this is a rare case of a legends and review addendum. Sorry. I'm doing drugs. Okay, again, <laughs> I remember when someone said an ask, I think it was this episode. Yeah, it was. That was like, don't tell your impressionable teen audience to use drugs. And so we can't, we can't legally, for legal reasons, my lawyer has informed us that we can't say do drugs. Um, and we're not gonna, because that's a choice that you have to make for yourself. <laughs> um, you know, do, do it as responsibly and safely as possible. Nope, nope, I will, nope, 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 don't will. do drugs, no drugs. I said make a choice as responsibly and safely as possible. No, I didn't say do drugs. For legal reasons, I all I can say to you is don't do drugs. And if you do do drugs, it's not my fault. Well, yeah, but I meant responsible. Whatever you choose to do in life. And if your life, parents ever end up listening to this podcast, we legally just said that it... I literally wasn't talking about... I just meant whatever you do in life. Whatever you choose to do, do it responsibly and safely. That's my good life advice, okay? Me being high has nothing to do with that. Um... Addendum. Yeah, we're off to a great start with the addendum already. I literally completely fucking forgot what the fuck I was going to say. Okay, no, because we're talking about, because I mentioned to Ari. No, I, all right, I wanted to, I, I remember I used to be like, I'm really cool. Like, you know, I mean, not that I thought it was cool for smoking weed. You're not. It's not cool. It's not cool. It's just a thing that you do one way or the other. But, like, I remember being like, I was going to, like, mention, like, oh, yeah, I'm going out to my friend's house. We're going to hang out, get high, and watch Mortal Kombat. And then my started talking about, like, doing cocaine in Atlantic City and shit. And I'm just like... Okay, now we are having what? we are having vastly different weekends. 
Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to get high and watch the Mortal Kombat movie. Like, that's cool. Oh my God, it's so funny you do weed. I don't really do weed, but I do love to do cocaine when I'm in Atlantic City. And I was like, I mean, I what? you get a bag free with every hotel. That's true. Chris Christie himself. Chris Christie himself. That's it. But else I was he, just like, okay. What else is he doing now? What about your like, oh yeah, I've done mushrooms. Like I would want to do mushrooms, but I'm on a, I'm either on an SSRI or I have mental illnesses, and so I think it's best not to risk it. Yeah, I would love to do acid at some point. This is my definitely done acid because she took me to a Grateful Dead concert, so I think done acid. This is like when oh hi baby, he it's just knows my mental leg with his little nose. This is like when my obviously did not smoke around the cats. We're not idiots. This is like when told me. But all the hard drugs she was doing. I mean, not all the time and not a ton, but, like, she had access to some harder drugs in high school. And I was like, we went to the same high school. Where were you getting these from? And also, because, like, again, she would be like, oh, it was someone's, you know, it's always someone's older sibling. And I'm like, I was three years above. Like, who's fucking sibling? I know. Because it wasn't me. Yeah, I know. Technically, it should be someone you're in this grade with. But, um, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I, um... Okay, so we actually, it's funny. We don't normally actually, like, normally we just say our shit. Mm-hmm. I immediately forget what it was about, and we're done. And I have to re-listen to the podcast when Rachel uploads it to remember what I, mean, I said about fucking no evidence. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, it's truly, like, I would love to see someone do a call-out post, because my response was, I don't remember any of this, so sure. But, like, um, we were actually driving the car. Um, We were maybe going on our way to Target or from Starbucks. Um, assuming. And we were like, oh, I think it might actually be important to talk about the use of the word degenerate in this episode. Um, it was important to talk about the use of the word degenerate in this episode because we were talking about how cis men are wrong about John Constantine. In a way that's kind of like Like, basically I was watching, I saw the clip on, I got the clip on YouTube because I was trying to gif it and I hadn't downloaded the episode yet. And I was like, oh, is this of any? And then I was like, like a fucking idiot, like a fucking fool. Oh, I want to see if the comments are about John and Zari. And of course they aren't. It's just a few cis men like, oh, finally, Constantine is back. And I'm like. Why would you want to see this happen to a character that you like? Well, it's because it's a constant, you know, toxic, like. Oh, I know. But that was my initial reaction where I'm just like, I don't look at anything like. I'm not like, hooray, my favorite character is now addicted to magic drugs. Hooray, we were completely ineffectual. We were totally ineffectual. Um, but so I guess what really sort of... I had to think about it because you get, you see with characters, and these are specifically Alan Moore characters, which is why I think we have to bring it up. Yeah. But characters like Rorschach or John Constantine, who were created by... Alan Moore with a very specific leftist viewpoint. Yes, and a very specific political mindset. I know we said this earlier on in the podcast how much, but John is very much like a Thatcher year, like a criticism of the Thatcher years, and is very working class in a way that was absolutely being done out of spite for um, the Tories. Yes, and a very specific, like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of history as to why John is the way he is in terms of like working class English culture and. Oh, uh, fuck Margaret Thatcher. Um, but we also you know a lot of people have their favorite stroke, breaststroke, backstroke, but mine, mine's Margaret Thatcher's. That's true. Lamau. And um, oh, Damien's letting Tim pet her. She's really in. She's got her elevator butt going on. Kitty. That's so cute. She went over to say hi. Uh, Damien. I know that was really nice. Damien is usually very for updates. Damien, also known as the chubby or the tuber. Hello, the tuber. Case in point. 
Oh, okay, fine. And she runs right the fuck past me. Never mind. I didn't raise you. I didn't pull you out of your mother's womb. It's fine. I don't care. You what? Not literally. Okay. Metaphorically speaking. I, I was have... going to say, listen, I'm pretty sure that's how they deliver cows. That is true. Um, I forgot what the fuck I was talking about. Addendum, John Addendum. Constantine, yeah, 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 yeah. leftist politics. Um, but yeah, no, the tuber is usually actually really very shy. And so one people, of the so issues... Really nice. We're going to what now? I forgot which ice cream is mine. Well, let me see. Hold sorry. on, sorry. This Breaking. is a serious podcast. <laughs> is it? You're, is it? Does it? And really, show me the other one. <laughs> You're going to have to show me both. Why the fuck would you just <laughs> hand me one of them? I can't do mine. What's in the fridge? I'm very sorry. I'm yeah. sorry I'm interrupting. No, I'm you're fine. No. Interrupting cow who, etc. No. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think this one is yours. First of all, Moo okay, is my line. Back in the freezer. Yes, me and Ari got the <gasps> same. Because it's a lady. No, it's a man. Oh, no, it's the little man. I was hoping maybe she'd come back. Me and, and Ari got the same two ice cream flavors. for forgiveness. Okay. Look at me. Are you putting the right one back? Yes. Are you sure? Guys, I don't know what's in that fucking pen, but it's yes. strong. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is serious business. I can't wait to get written out in the, the, the word of the number. Oh, yes. I can't wait to get 42069 written out on this fucking thing tomorrow. Okay, so. And they have to let me because it's legal in Massachusetts. That's and I true. Have, and, I am, and I am an adult woman of the age of 29. What the fuck is going on? Do you remember that child in Lobster Land today? I was like, this is an infant. Why are they waiting to I me? thought you meant, I thought you meant like an actual. Oh, a little baby. Yeah, there was a little there baby. Was. A baby that was Way too baby? There was a little baby. Like a little three months, like so cute. So babies little. Babies are though. too small. You know, like you ever wonder what the fuck is up with that? Yeah, no, babies are incredibly tiny. Not only are they incredibly they tiny, man. but they are too big to actually be birthed by humans. And yet we have no other way of really doing it. Yeah, we're not like, you know, we're not Mick. We're not shooting them at the back of her neck or Guys, whatever. Guys, chimps too sucks. I, frankly, I think we're chimps one. 0.05 at best but this uh, chimps update sucks <laughs> chimp update sucks okay so i completely all right so john constantine using the word degenerate to describe himself is important and i am going to try to get this back on track and I'm, that means i'm just going to start talking and not stop yep, yep, yep. so john constantine using the word degenerate is incredibly important because we have recently seen sort of an upsurge in this word being used on Al Gore's internet. Oh, people are using a lot of this sort of art that they're quote retweeting or, or screen capping and posting and call out pages um, and calling it degenerate for showing the wrong anime or the height difference is too big or they knew each other as children or what the fuck ever. And it's... You know, I got an ask that was like, well, first of all, all the ones about like, I don't, I'm not really comfortable with, and I'm like, Mona is 22 years old. That's an adult. I was having sex at 22 years old. Was anybody... That's a normal age to have sex that is, at. That is very like, normal. It's just fucking wild. It's okay if you haven't by that point, but I'm it's like, a very listen, normal age to have sex. First of all, yeah, it's totally fine if you aren't, but like yeah. if a character shows clear interest in sex and they are 22, that's Completely fine. fine. Um, but it was basically like, well, you know... Zari is supposed to be younger, and Ray met Nora that one time as a child, and, did, and I'm the like, Ray met Nora a, as a child thing one time still does baffle me. I'm like, it, but he did. This is a fucking stupid. This ding is dong. nothing. This is a ding dong show made by ding dong people for a ding dong audience, yeah. us, and it's also a time travel show. Nobody has ever shown interest in these characters as Hold children. On. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait a second. I'm very sorry. Did, can you? Did, what did you do to my side? <laughs> 
own head but the chubby would get gonna fucking die to see and then you will <laughs> kill the chubby not the chubby okay so um well right that was like i'm like that was literally just him meeting her as a child in a completely normal context again for a few of the episodes that we did for the second season yeah because because um, we had we weren't really sure what the fuck we were doing yet, so it wasn't um, really as but good. But by the time we got to Doom World and we spent the fucking whole episode, episode yelling about that, incredibly justifiably so. But so, that was yeah, basically that was the that was when we hit our groove. Yeah. So and it has gone all downhill since. Okay, so so the point about all of this being made, this podcast allegedly got Mark Guggenheim fired or demoted at the very God. Least. You want to hope? All right. So allegedly, allegedly. Um, you want to allegedly hope? Okay. What the all right, so the thing about John calling himself degenerate matters specifically because there is this current culture right now of people calling otherwise completely innocuous, normal, like, fandom art, like, degenerate. And either deliberately utilizing or completely misunderstanding the original context in which the phrase degenerate art came from, which was a, a literal art gallery by the Nazis, by the capital N Nazis, like and I know it's like oh people always bring up the Nazis and they're like, no like this is this really this is literally what it was yes it was literally a gallery showing called degenerate art I can't stress like it, it, like it, it, you know what sometimes evil really is that stupid and over the top this is not us just going everyone who I disagree with this is literally just this happened this is where this word comes from there are actual right wing and neo Nazis who use this word today. To talk about trans anyone who people. isn't a neo-Nazi, but especially like especially trans people, trans people, gay people, um, like you know, neo-Nazis will call everybody who's not a neo-Nazi degenerate. But even like a people who might otherwise think themselves progressive or whatever feel way too comfortable lobbing around the word degenerate lately. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but this is not like a context of reclaiming or any of that shit. It's like, don't fucking use that word. It has very explicit Nazi connotations. And John, and so what I know what you're about to say. John, well, John used it to describe himself. Like, does that make, it's like, yeah, but he's not a real person. And so the writers putting that word in his mouth is a very deliberate choice because it shows the level of just self-loathing that he was struggling with um, regarding his sexuality. Because for, you know, it is absolutely like... I, I mean, it is kind of, it is a slur. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if someone is using this word, it's because they fucking hate gay people. So to keep that in mind, it's like, yeah, John using that word is important because I think it shows the depths of his self-loathing. But I also thought it was important to bring up his explicit usage of this word because they were in fascist Spain or soon to be fascist Spain. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we give these writers a lot of shit, but... I have to hope that they're not so stupid that they miss the connotations of doing that. Well, and that's and that sort of leads us right back around to like, well, one, Alan Moore, Alan Moore complaining about people who come up to him and like Rorschach is perhaps is is, Sorry, is modern art. Oh, it's always funny. But um, it's sort of the same thing where it's like when John Constantine does, like John Constantine as a character fundamentally does not wake up every morning and go like can't wait to be a bastard today like he is very much a pragmatic character who often like the solution involves sort of doing the wrong thing 
He's very much the sort of I'm the bad. He he he, he is was, truly I am the bad man that keeps other bad men at the door. He was the original I am the bad man that keeps other bad men at the door. Like truly, especially because especially when you're dealing with demons, that yes. may very well be true. Like he might be a bastard, but there's people who are worse that he deals with, and that's kind of the point. And so it just and it's and so it just frustrates me. I mean, listen, I have been watching men misinterpret Red Dead Redemption two for three years now, and I. I'm Sorry so for fucking, your loss. Yeah, truly. But I just think that this was actually... And, like, you know what? Sometimes sometimes the Legends writers do put something thoughtful in. Um, and that's just buck-fucking-wild to me. Like, who would have thought? It truly is. But this was actually a moment that we thought deserved was, like, discussing. Was, literally deserved... And was, and was um, important for the times. And so here we are doing the thing. Um, and I also, I, I complained about this on my, on my blog, as in, as in my horrible, my horrible little blog, but, uh, stop making the Zaris about Avalanche exclusively. You fucking I didn't even racist. know how the fuck they would do that. Well, so basically, you know, it's like, oh, they should be planning, well, either, like, Zari Tarazi is their bestie, and she loved, because she was basically, like, when Sarah came back to Earth, Zari Tarazi was like, oh, I love your, like, you know, I missed your hair, where I'm like... That bitch is about to wake up bald. Um, God. Love your hair. Hope you win. <laughs> Hate personality. I like your hair. Yep. So it's like about how every part of their personalities should be, or like Zari Tomas being out of the to- a fucking totem and like being like, I have sex to get to. How she should I mean, be truly. helping plan a wedding for, first of all, she barely knows Ava. Yeah, Zari, Zari 1.0 specifically barely knows Ava. And so it's just like, it's absolutely baffling. And because, like, can I say, you know, Mark Guggenheim did not help this, but Elicities literally did just assign Diggle to be, like, the Elicity cheerleader. Oh, yeah. And that's how they I would mean, try to excuse themselves from clearly racist behavior by yeah. making John Diggle into the Elicity fandom's black friend. I mean, that was basically what they did. I so, will say, not that, not that character, like, if there's, like, a three, if there's a, it's, if there's a group, there's usually the OTP, and then there's somebody who's, like, their friend or helps them get together. That's not uncommon in fix. However, in this very specific context, we're not demonizing the concept of that in fandom. In the actual show, we are demonizing the concept of reducing your only main black character to this, though, because that deserves to be demonized. And I'm also in fucking Legends. A lot of people, you know, it's... And again, even though we talked about John doing this, we still we still don't think he needs this whole ass fucking no, plot. No, So, um... The word choice, we're literally just doing this talk about the word choice, especially because Degenerate is sort of seeing a resurgence yep. in circles that should know better. So it's, it's worth fine. talking about. Is this, should I, should I go over the teenager that I saw completely under, misunderstand the history? No, we don't have time to get into the misunderstanding of where queer comes from and who you Well, actually, like. let's do that because what you said, when you told me that, I was like, that's actually really kind of concerning because mm-hmm. it's too one of, do you want to just tell them what it was? Yeah, basically somebody was talking about because um, Lil Nas X uses the word queer to refer to himself. And that's literally his And right. so someone said in like the you know, fucking comments under his Twitter post, like, oh, I thought this was a slur. Um, And so someone is like, well, it was a slur until we reclaimed it a few years ago. Only just a few years ago, even though literally... And a lot of older gay people are uncomfortable with it, which is why you should always ask someone before using it. And I was like... Queer was the go-to word in the 90s. There is nothing here that is correct. No, none of that is correct. We're not even going to do a deep dive into queer history on this one. I'm just going to literally tell you off the bat. The reason I found this so concerning is because that is literally the exact, and I understand anecdotal evidence, bless you, but even in, bless you, a larger cultural context, 
literally at like queer studies was a fucking major in college. People were using queer academically and socially without a fucking peep of dissent from anyone except TERFs because they don't like the idea of this being a really broad umbrella label because these people fucking thrive on individualism and isolation so that they can basically induct people into what's pretty much a fucking cult. Um, so, and I know a lot of people like try to be like, Oh, you know, saying, you know, it's not all TERFs that are saying queer is a slur, like, I'm not a TERF, or did it. And it's like, well, but, like, their stuff is very common online in ways you haven't realized. Well, that's why I was really concerned, because when you said that this person was like, oh, I've mostly only heard adults saying it's bad. I'm like, okay, so the only adults that you are, you are either, two, two things are wrong here. One, you either are only hearing this from other slightly, slightly taller children in the queer community who are telling you that adults don't like this. Which is not great because that's not who you should be relying on for your sources. Or you are talking to adults and they are telling you these things. And I can't stress enough, the vast majority of adults who are going to untell you that they're uncomfortable with the usage of the word queer are going to be TERFs. So that's why it's a problem. Like, this is not a normal or common belief. But unfortunately, because as long as you don't say that it's a TERF belief, some really, really, really neo-Puritan fucking rad femme shit can just fly right past the fucking radar for a lot of people. Unless they're already kind of up to date on how and these then, people And operate. then by then it's far too late because yep. nobody wants to admit that they accidentally bought into a... So they just Specifically because of how awful being... And like, listen, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's like, not that we, should, we shouldn't shame TERFs. But it is kind of, we, we, they, you know, they run into an ideological minefield. Cause they're like, oh no, I believe this thing, but the people who believe this thing are bad and ostracized. So I guess I just have to fucking double down on it or pretend like I didn't say that or blah, blah, blah. Like it, 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 pretend it, it didn't come from there. It didn't come from there. And so that this is just a normal opinion that some people have, even though it's definitely not. Which is really dangerous because it's like, yeah, not that we should make being a turf a good thing, but we should also maybe kind of talk about how these beliefs can be disseminated without the ugly labels. And it's very easy for people to sort of fall in line with them if they're delivered a certain way, because unfortunately, a lot of people are very easily swayed into believing things they otherwise wouldn't if you put them in a nice light. The, the reverse of this I can immediately think of is remember that social experiment they like thought exercise or whatever the fuck? Yeah. Where some, uh, fucking, that probably New York Times or some shit. I don't remember. Some fucking journal group went around, uh, interviewing people and being like, well, you just, do you support like this thing from, uh, the Affordable Care Act? And they're going, oh yeah, no, that sounds great. I love that. I use that every day. And then someone going, okay, well, do you like Obamacare? And they went, no, God, no. Obamacare is fucking death panel devil. And this is sort of like that, but in reverse. Where you're like, okay, well, do you support TERFs? And you, they go, no, no, of course not. TERFs are evil. TERF DNI, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, well, is this your tweet saying that uh, women can't choose to consent in kink? And they go, yeah. And you're like, okay, so that's like a TERF. What's in the box? My wallets. So you just end up back. And it's really hard because like that's how this stuff gets disseminated. And then people don't think of it as a TERF belief. They just think it's a broader belief in the progressive community. But it's very much not. I mean, if you've ever seen, I just actually saw a post today that was like, have you noticed that like loving women is treated as like, ooh, and like, listen, there's a lot of, and for being a sapphic, I mean, the amount of time legitimately, because like, I, I'm, I'm really new and it's like very, very, very just starting transitioning now that I moved out as is my partner. And so we get read as women a lot, unfortunately, and the amount of times that people who mean well and do not mean any harm have just said your friend or your sister is really funny. I will say that that's totally a thing that people don't jump to the fact that you might be a couple. Oh, but, but I mean online when talking about like, you know, sapphism is 
And listen. Oh, I, then I never mind. I misinterpreted. My being bad. a lesbian, like nobody's saying it's great out here for lesbians no. or even or yeah, but the idea that um, liking men is inherently bad or something to be ashamed of is really bad for someone who's literally trans mask. Like, well, yeah, no, don't is, do that. Is also turf rhetoric and is also directly being used because then they're going to try to slip into you that like, oh, did you know trans women are actually? Yeah. And if you think this, then you will love. Because it's important to it's important to understand, and that, that's like, not saying you have to be romantically attracted to men or you have to like men in any way. You but absolutely the problem, do the, not, and you the don't. problem that we are having is that unfortunately, with a certain mindset of people, when they say men, they don't mean men. Like yeah. they literally like the rules of the debate, the terms of the debate are not agreed upon. So when you see some people saying, and even then, I'm personally like, stop fucking doing all this. Like men negative shit does really hurt trans men more than anything else, especially in the queer community. Especially like, because turfs think of trans men as just lost lost women. And on top of that, you're literally just hurting trans people, but in different ways. Where it's like, yeah, it's really harmful for trans men because nobody really likes having their identity shit on. Um, especially by people who should be within their in-group. And second, um, you're seeing this shit circulated. It could very well be by turfs who mean trans women when they fucking say it. Because they literally don't think of them as women and will not refer to them as such. The most you're going to get out of them is trans women as one word, which is also really shitty. Um, that's another more subtle one. But if you see that consistently and not just in like a typo way, yeah, block that person because it's totally a turf dog whistle. Um, but the, this shit is important. And we're, I guess we're down at this point. We're just taking the time to talk about this now because, again, inexplicably, a ton of teenagers listen to me. And I don't know why, because I'm literally sitting here in my bathrobe at 11 a.m., 11, 11 p.m. We can't tell the difference between a.m. and p.m. Uh, and then we can't tell the difference between a.m. and p.m. And I'm about to go rewatch a video where an old man from Wisconsin reads Jerry Springer episode titles I'm for the amusement. I'm time of my fucking life. Uh-huh. So, like, again. And, like, is our message undercut by the fact that I am putting, first of all, these nail stickers have changed my fucking life. Because even if I do peel them off, which I do, probably, I mean, the last one lasted, like, four days. Which That's not is bad. actually really long for me. They're only, like seven to eight dollars yeah so that's way less than any manicure and it does look nice for a few days and it actually does when i'm wearing it keep me from picking Mm. i mean i will sort of roll the sticker a little bit sometimes yeah but like not totally but yeah i've been been seeing some good results with them if you're if you're a nail picker you know i've tried pretty much everything same as well i've currently trying not to rip open this cuticle because my oh, brain Oh, do you is... want just the cuticle clipper? Oh, is that, is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm sure our, our vital messages are undercut by the sound of me clipping and then filing my nails. But oh, they don't notice. You know, I can't help being sexy. That's true. But it is, it is again, again, inexplicably, children, listen to me, even though I have multiple, on multiple occasions admitted to watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Horrifying. Um... I I just I worry I worry a lot I've seen I remember back when I was on Tumblr I did I had people I knew who said turf shit and were otherwise incredibly nice people and I always was like I don't think that's correct but I I don't I don't know how to have this argument with you yet because mm-hmm. I had just realized I was trans and so like shit like that is harmful and it disseminates even from people who might otherwise seem like good people or know better and so I just want to give you guys the tools to recognize some of this shit or be willing to call out some of this usage or understand what a dog whistle is or not immediately trust that just because like listen there's a lot of turfs online because most of them got banned from fucking in 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 universe in real life spaces so keep that in mind I'm not saying that every queer adult on the internet is a turf but 
you know, learn to watch for dog whistles, follow more trans people, listen to what they have to say about this shit. Um, trans women especially, but trans men are affected by TERFs in a very different way. That's also important to talk about. Um, and it's important in the larger, it's an angle of internet safety that you're not going to see talked about a lot. But again, TERF shit is pretty much a cult. So we're pretty much just telling you to not get into a fucking cult. Hello, little man. His head is fine. He has no chocolate left on his head. Okay, he could have died. Like five minutes it off. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, was he happy about it? Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, admittedly. Oh, he's just getting groomed. Yeah, that's true. Um, So I guess I'm going to leave you guys with a fun, a fun fact is that cats do, when you kiss a little cat on their little head, they do think that it's just grooming in a form of social bonding. So yeah, you should give your cats a little kiss on the forehead or something if you have Although cats. I will say, when I try to kiss Tomas, she literally does do like, if I'm playing, if you're playing my age, Oh yeah, not every cat. And honestly, <laughs> she when, it so much, but she cannot stop me. When they get older, they will probably like it better because now that Phil and Damon are nine years old, I find it much easier to be able to smooch their little heads and such. Um, but yeah, so that's like my fun, that's my fun fact. Um, I'm but, literally gonna, cause this is an addendum, we're literally gonna drop this, cause like, I don't wanna put it at the end, cause then it kind of like, we say goodnight, and then it sort of, so this is gonna be put in the middle, where it can flow a little better, yep. um, and so, when you're listening to this, and it just comes fucking, and smacks comes you. Comes at you like a freight train, like a mid-credits fucking scene. I just wanna wish you a good luck. A good luck. A, a good luck, I wanna wish you a good luck as well. All right. And One more then, hit, and then yeah, back, back to the back to other the episode. Part, back to the other part of the episode that you were listening to. Stay in school. Stay in school. I mean, it very much has the vibe of like, you know, character like a girl. You know, like in Jupiter Ascending when she goes back to just being, you know, or the girl character. I mean, like at least I guess shout out for doing this to a man when it usually happens to women. Yeah. But God. the female character being like, actually, I just want to be a normal woman, TM, 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 TM. I've only seen that done well a couple of times, and usually it's in the, the I want to be normal after some horrible trauma yeah. that, like, ripped me apart mm-hmm. mentally. Yeah. Not, I just want to be normal after having cool superpowers. There yeah. is a difference in how you convey that. Yep. And so I'm just, I'm very frustrated with it. I'm also very frustrated because I'm like, wow, you literally had to take Zari out of John's plot for, no, for literally just to do the stupidest shit imaginable. And it just, it feel, it just shit. It's just it bullshit. Shit. It is. It doesn't make any fucking, I mean, it, I guess it makes sense if you're bad at writing television. Um, and again, we only have five fucking episodes left this season. So what are you planning to do? I don't think they know. I mean, it is a good way, I will say, if... Matt needs to go do something else, or is in, if Matt needs to go play uh, accordion to the sheep for the first half of the season, he could like with Arthur Darville, I guess. But it's just, it's just stupid. And this is again what we're saying about like, I don't understand. I mean, maybe maybe people's politics are just not as refined as ours, especially I mean, if they're writing for the AP club. It's just one of those things. Not to be a cunt. Not to be a cunt, but I do also think it's important to kind of be like, hey, what the fuck? If this is is considered good talking about it rather than means well but is messy and sometimes actively harmful, what the fuck is going on? Maybe Uh, they're still watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I guess. 
But it really is one of those things where it's like, yeah, this was this was bad. Um, and I it, just found out what the D in DC's Legends of Tomorrow stands for. Don't watch it. But it really is kind of a bummer that this is how it ended up shaking out um, for a lot of reasons. And Hopefully like when they... he does the plot, like when he tells Spooner to go upstairs and go to bed and sleep it off. I mean, thank God Matt can act because John looks very guilty. But it's also like, well, then why are you having him fucking do it? Literally, why are you having him fucking do it? And it's also kind of like, this should have been like an episode focused more on Spooner because she had this really good bond with her. This is actually, this should have been more focused on Spooner, but it does kind of want to give me a minor, minor, minor quibble alert where I'm like, what language are we speaking in? Are we using a universal translator or are we not? Because you literally have Spooner speaking to this child in Spanish and then translating it to English for the presumably Spanish audience who would also be speaking Spanish, but are like, it was so fucking Poorly thought out. It was so poorly thought out. Like, I guess they wanted her to speak Spanish because, like, just do the whole episode in subtitles. You were doing a Pan's Labyrinth episode anyway. Just do it in subtitles. Hire Spanish actors. Or actors who speak Spanish. Sorry. Like, holy shit. That would have been honestly kind of interesting if they'd done the whole episode with subtitles. You don't see a lot of TV shows doing that. That would be really cool and interesting, especially because I already listen to shit with subtitles on anyway because my deaf ass can't fucking hear what's going on. So, you might as well... And all, I think they were trying to maybe do some subtitled stuff, but like it just didn't, it literally, and especially because like they do the hand wave thing that every single sci-fi story does, which like, yeah, fuck it, you have a universal translator who gives a shit. I don't remember John or Spooner taking one of those though. But they didn't even bring up the, oh, you guys don't have a universal translator, so you're going to have to. And like, again, that means that like, why were all of the other people speaking in English then? Like either don't acknowledge it, have it be a thing where they're all, you all just sort of know they're speaking Spanish because you know they're in Spain or you have the universal translator thing mentioned or you don't, like it was so bizarrely fucking applied. <laughs> it was really, really annoying. Sorry, yeah. continue. No, that's, that's totally fine. Um... I mean, here's the thing. You know when Zari said to John in the um, fucking Sarah's Back on Earth or whatever episode when she says no more lies, you know yes. you know this is about to get real bad. Yes, hold but, on. I gotta hear you. You, you talk. I just want to get But um, I can wait. I, no, you can't. No, talk. I don't do well on my own. Okay, well, do some comedy scatting. I'll be right back. I'm sorry. Um, scoobity deep up a doo Once again, Legends has failed us. Um, I mean, truly. And, I mean, damn, this is, I think, a bleaker episode than we're usually used to, but it, things have to be discussed. Things have to be discussed, but I also think And it's, also, when you're in Massachusetts, it's a lot harder to feel joy. That's also true. But I do think it's also No, important. we're having a good time. We are. It's just a very wait. damp state. I have a treat for you, fool. Come here. It's just a very damp place to be. It is. Little man! threw it at him. Well, not at him. I threw it next to him. Get the treat, fool. Come here. Come here. Come here, little man. There you go. Here's the thing about sphinx cats that some of you might not know, but I do because I've been studying them. They've been abandoned by God. They have so many fucking health problems. I feel so bad. Like, God. Yeah, for for cats, especially because, like, the thing about cats that's really, and to completely, and to do something fun with this episode, um, the thing about cats is, like, they don't really, like, when you look at purebred dogs, you're like, oh, God, this thing is a collection of failures held together by the love of God. And 
that is something that doesn't really happen with most purebred cats. You have a couple, like, per, mm-hmm. like some of them have, like, per, like, ones with the wrinkly faces have the problem that always comes with wrinkly face breeds. Mm-hmm. But, like, overall, cats are not bred like dogs are for a multitude of tasks. Cats are bred to be decorative throw pillows, that's and true. that's really it. They don't have any sort of working tasks. His only job is being a little fluffy baby. That's true. I'm petting him right now. Um... Uh, so it's important to kind of understand that, like, this is not necessarily... This is not what God wanted. Yeah. The, like, Sphinx cats are rare in that, like, there are, um, not really sort of, like, you don't really have that sort of thing of, like, oh, well, they're not being bred for any sort of specific traits. You're not having weird things bred in and out of them that end up fucking up their health joints. Um, cats are mostly just one size... One shape, one color. Well, not one color, but, like, you know. Um, it's important to kind of understand that in the context of how sphinxes are God's mistake, comparatively speaking. You know, we could, but we didn't ask if we should. Yes. And isn't that just the way? Um, and speaking of God's mistakes, let's talk about McRory's pregnancy plotline, because I do appreciate, listen, I will give them, and you know how much I hate to do it, when Mick says men can't get pregnant or didn't you learn that in school, and then everybody keeps referring to him as pregnant, I did kind of appreciate that because I guess they are aware that mpreg plot lines can be very transphobic, and they are somehow trying not to be while still not really managing it. It's weird, and like again, this is coming from, and this is coming from someone who defended mpreg plot lines last episode because I'm not necessarily. Um, like, against them existing. Mm-hmm. And again, most of the people I know writing them at this point in my life are other trans people. Um, so it's one of those things, hello, little man, where, like, um, the thing that kind of bugged me about the way that they're doing this is that they did it in such a goofy-ass fantasy way, mm-hmm. but now they, like, want to be doing, like, serious pregnancy drama stuff. And, and they like, tell Dominic Purcell wants to die can, so bad. And you can tell that he hates it, which makes a world of difference in terms of, like, this not being fun to watch or engage yep. in, because he clearly is not, like, happy with how this... And, like, to be fair, me, me either, in terms of, like... Hold on, I have to sneeze. Do I? Fuck. Fuck you. I hate when I feel it in my nose and then it doesn't... Snedging. Snedging. But, like... It's one of those things where it's like, I don't personally really like um, where how very visibly like he does not want to be doing it, which is not his fault. This is insane. Um, and I also don't like that their tack that they're taking with this is trying to make it both a wacky space alien pregnancy and a heartfelt bond between father and daughter kind of narrative moment where it's like, you have to pick one. Dude, you fucking have to pick one because it's honestly more annoying and offensive to see it sort of being done like it's this serious, dramatic thing because it is very clearly also not. And they ping pong back and forth between how seriously we're supposed to take this in a way that's just really, really fucking annoying. And... That brings us to our second political issue of the day with this show, which is like, okay, in 1972, there was a two-part episode of the show Maud, which was B. Arthur's show. I was going to say, B. Arthur was on it. I think it was her show. I mean, yeah, it was, it was. It was her show. B. Arthur, literally one of the best LGBT allies there has ever the been. The only person we have. Literally the only person we have. We, um, we love that for her. That's why it was like when they had that, I know it's Target Rainbow Capitalism, yeah. but that Rainbow Golden Girl shirt they had. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. That's actually, that's fine. That's, I mean, like, it's bad in terms of general capitalism. Like, no, B. Arthur was a real one. That's fine. 
She's cool. Um, and at least she wasn't a fucking swimming Nazi. What? What? Don't you remember that thing? On- she was swi- she well, Where'd the swimming come in? She was an Olympian. Oh, ew. No. Fucking hell. Um, you know, you know. And if you just, don't know what the hell we're talking about, good. Just girly things. It's 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 stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. Neoliberal feminism bullshit. My son's brain. All right, continue. Sorry. Um. Okay. In 1972, there was a two-part episode called Maud's Choice, which discusses. And you know what? I didn't real. How old was B. Arthur when Maud was shooting? I don't know. I'm literally just trying to figure out what the fuck my armor class is. She was 50. Damn, okay. I mean, Which is also impressive, because for her to have her own show at 50 is a big deal. Yep. And so, hold on, let me just see. I want exact dates. Roe v. Wade wasn't decided until 1973. So Maude actually predates this. Okay, yeah, that's also really another important context of, like, the one major episode of American television that talks about abortion literally predates the defining ruling on abortion. Holy shit, I hate fucking country. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. continue, continue. So, essentially, it's an episode where Maude does decide to get an abortion. Hugely controversial. Oh, yeah. Um, every giant outcry, the United States, I mean, like, Degrassi, which is Canadian, did an episode where a girl gets an abortion, and that's edited out in the American context. Um, there's the movie Unpregnant, which led us to this title. Yes. Which, while it has its, you know, problems, and again, not to be like, I, but I draw the line at animal cruelty, people have complained about how the movie portrays, you know, the black characters, which is, like, a completely valid concern, and also, like, extremely frustrating because again we have no abortion media so it's like how could you not nail that why would you do this um but we don't discuss abortion as a valid option on television no and especially in the case you know Mick goes, well, I didn't want these babies. And I was like, no, we can't start this discourse. And Lita goes, well, mom didn't know. And I didn't know. And I'm like, it is legal to get an abortion. It is 100% the fucking law. You are. It it can be difficult in some states. Girl who is literally still in undergraduate college. Just, I mean, maybe because she herself is unplanned. I, I, again, and this is one of those things where it's like, this is, and where it's like, hey, this comes down, and I'm going to talk for a little bit. This is actually like kind of Lita being pregnant. Like, my mom had me while she was in, when she was, I think, 24, and she was in college still. I think had maybe just started her master's. I don't remember. Um, So she had me, and she chose to, but like, when I say she chose to, I'm also very well aware of, like, my mom was raised by Catholics. My mom was kind of, you know, my, I, I don't know, like, how she personally, I, I, my mom is probably one of those kind of people, like, well, I'm glad abortion's legal, but it's not for me. But, like, not to be like, God, I wish I'd been aborted. But, like, in a way where I'm like, you know, you were not in an, you were literally living across the country. She had to move back home. She, she finished her, her master's and then moved right back home, I think. Um, because she couldn't afford to have me on her own. That was it. Like, you know, she didn't, I, she didn't stay with my dad. I don't think. 
Um, and again, seeing as apparently, according to my grandmother, she could do a Grateful Dead concert, and I was like two weeks old, which maybe not. Why, which is why they're deaf. Now. Probably. Um, but uh, you know, I'm like maybe you weren't in the best mental place to be having a baby because you very clearly still wanted to be doing college stuff and didn't know how to handle having a baby on top of that. Where it's like, I don't even mean this in a way where I'm like I should have been aborted, but just in a way where it's like. The fact that my mom, with the deck stacked against her in terms of being a broke college student, trying to get her master's, living across the fucking country from her parents and family resources, not even, like, we, she lived in an apartment with room, like, not even having her own place. Like, she had the deck stacked against her in every single way and didn't, I don't even think, considered significantly having an abortion. And I'm like, Why? I don't even mean that like a, like a, but just like literally like, why would that not be at least a major question on your mind? It's okay for real life people to decide, I want to keep this baby anyway, because I, I think I can, you know, I think I'm ready. I think I want this. I, I know it wasn't planned. Like that is okay and normal. And frankly, a lot of people make that decision in real life. And yes, we have to consider all the factors in terms of social pressure, stigma, and shame that also go into talking about like whether or not women choose to get an abortion. Because it's not so simple as walking to a doctor's appointment due to the fact that we just let people stand outside these clinics and fucking harass people and like a hundred feet away makes no fucking difference. And in the immediate, if they break that fucking line, like it, it's not, the law isn't going to help you in that immediate of being charged by some lunatic. But you know what does? Pocket sand. That's true. Allegedly. 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 I, was, I thought you were going to say pocket knife because I'm like, yeah, that does too. Allegedly. No, you know what? For I, the purposes of comedy and entertainment. It's really, um, actually, this is just some advice. And again, if this gets you into trouble, I am just giving this comedy, comedy, fun time comedy advice. Comedy, fun time advice. This is all conjecture. This, this is all conjecture. conjecture. This is comedy. But um, it's really not a great idea to have a weapon like a gun or a knife unless you're trained to use it. Yes, that's also true. Because someone can, like, even if they're not trained to use it either. They can grab it. They can grab it. Although in that, I would say it would be because like if they're, if they're grabbing the knife blade, yeah. good luck, idiot. But you know, still in terms of broadness, yeah, because you're better like, off listen, with spray or sand. If you stab someone who charges you at the abortion clinic, you will go to jail. The government will gleefully not protect you. No, not at all. Which is whole, which is bullshit. Um, but um, yeah, that's fucking. But so I guess what I'm trying and like, listen, I understand that on television, someone having a baby. Is, is more, more narratively, yeah, than them getting an abortion. Although not necessarily, especially because like when a character has a baby, that kind of choose changes their entire path. It's um, it's one of those things where it's like yeah, like my where it's like in real life, people are allowed to make these decisions and decide that they want a baby anyway and stuff. But it is frustrating that it's like on television, it's not even floated as an option, even though. Like, all it would need is Mick going, I want these things out of me right the fuck now. And Gideon going, well, to do that, we'd have to drill into your skull and pour them out the back. And that would probably, that is an 80% likelihood of killing you. And Mick going, all right, fine. Let's Perfect, do it. That's all you, I mean, yes, admittedly. Like, Mick Rory this episode was more willing to die than we've seen. And Lita is like, I don't want you to die. And he's like, fine. But I'm going to complain the whole time. Yes. Which is, you know, great for him. Love that. Yes. But it is important, I think, to understand that, like, this could have been waved away in seconds with just even that as an explanation. And the fact that they didn't even bother to fucking do that is infuriating. Especially if Especially people... because they are treating it like a serious pregnancy plot line for some fucking reason. Well, if you are going to get praised for your leftist politics, where is your fucking abortion storyline? That also. Like, if you guys are always trying to, you know push the envelope and sort of get away with it because the CW isn't paying as much attention to you. 
Where's the abortion? Where is the abortion? Anything, anything, anything. Not to be rude, but where's the fucking abortion? Seriously. So, I guess what I'm feeling for this episode overall, because we've kind of summarized our feelings and there's not a lot more to discuss about it. And we've kind of been on vacation, so it's not really like we've been doing... Oh, Ari taught me how to play Uno. Yes, that was fun. Apparently I'm an asshole. You just kept pulling draw two cards with me, and I, it, it's fine. That's, that's, how, that's how it is. Um, but yeah, it was really frustrating. I am kind of annoyed that they're trying to treat this like a serious pregnancy plot line when they went out of their way to make it as goofy and alien-tastic as possible. And it's like, I'm sorry, but you can't juggle these two things. Please stop doing it. When I fucking hate it here. When everyone was looking at the fucking little alien eggs in his brain... And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen on television. It's awful. And, it I was... watched, and I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, it was really bad. Like, it wasn't hard. It was, it was nothing. It was infuriatingly nothing. Like, it just was so, like, I hate this plot. Like, like first episode, I was like, this. You hate Empreg. You hate Empreg. I don't. It's the thing. I'm not necessarily against yet. it. But I just really hate how they're doing it right now. It is so stupid. And, like, they're trying to do, like, twee, twee fucking emotional stuff in the middle of this being the dumbest fucking plot line. We'll say, though, Lita faking being pregnant. That I was actually about to say, that was actually really funny. And also, Dominic Purcell, and, like, this is not, he's clearly miserable, because when he wants to do something, he is clearly acting his dick off. Like, that scene where he's panicking because he thinks she's going into labor, he literally, like, the way he was yelling, I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually anxious for her, even though I know this is a show. What the hell is my base AC? I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I knew. I wish I could help. Because also, that is his daughter. Yes. Although, I will say, it's another one of those things she did where, like, Sometimes oh, wait, no, she can never mind. I figured so out. So, Len. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, even when she's being openly defiant of him and trying to push his buttons. Yeah. That's, that's him. That's absolutely him. Do you ever feel like a plastic fucking bag? Yeah, my armor class is 13, I think. Hello, kitty. I mean, some of the stuff I'm pretty sure Tim will. Um, and I guess... I hate to be like, I'm gonna rely, but I'm like, I haven't built a character in forever. And the last, the last time we played RPG stuff, we played that, um, one that yeah. Roxy had us do that didn't have us do any of this yeah. shit. So it's literally been like two years since I've put together a character sheet. I don't fucking remember how to do it. Um, maybe more than two years. Oh God. I, I, oh. I, I, I mean, I guess... The last it hasn't time... been more than two years because technically COVID. Oh yeah. God. I mean, I guess... Well, oh, your foot is so warm. I Thank guess you. the last thing I will say... Yeah, do we have any closing thoughts, I guess? I really hate to say it. Oh, boy. But Priest Constantine can get it. I will actually say, as someone who... Like, this is the thing where it's like, I'm not really... I'm into, I'm into the blasphemous and the profane and the sacred and the divine as sexy, sexy things because I went to Catholic school. But conversely, I am not into priest kink stuff by and large because I went to Catholic school. So I'm not seeing these svelte young men in their, in their immaculately tailored cassocks. I'm seeing these like old ass dudes wearing like fucking monk robes and socks with sandals because that's what like a priest after a certain age is just a man who didn't ever have a woman to take care of him and doesn't have to worry about how he dresses. So just truly in our male living spaces of a human being, lovely people, as far as I know. Um, but you know, appearance wise, this does not inspire raging lust. Um, so I'm not usually into priest stuff, but I will say not bad. Young Pope. Not bad, Matt Ryan. Liliana. John Constantine. <laughs> John Pope. Shirley, that fucking All right, the, new, the plot line is now John Constantine, Young Pope. That would be funny as fuck, actually. That Thank would be you. that would be really fun. Um, 
I do appreciate, I will say though, in terms of it being a bummer, I appreciate that John acknowledged that he's like, and it doesn't get better. Like it, 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 this is because like, they haven't done that in a while where they haven't actually interfered with a historical event of like significant consequence in any mm -hmm. meaningful way, shape or form. So it was kind of interesting to see him go. Yeah, it just keeps getting fucking worse. And I hate it here. Um, but not in a way that made it feel like completely destroyed the episode or just made it a complete bummer to watch. They did balance their tone really well. That's the one thing I will unequivocally give them this episode. They balanced their tone. And I guess Gus Gus yeah. is Bigfoot now. Gus Gus is Bigfoot now. Really. Closing, that, closing thought. We, I'm sure I'm glad. I mean, the Gus Gus plot was truly just like, it doesn't bear, it doesn't bear any fucking discussion because no. it's just, I sure I'm glad we're on this side. That was so funny. Like, I mean, it was that, that if nothing else, film it, it was really funny how blatantly they were like, we cannot afford I to I will show say this. though, I mean, like, listen, I love Zari 1.0. I love both Zaris, but for her to be like, I'm, well, I guess it was kind of a joke because to Spooner, she's new Zari. Yes. And for her to go, I'm the original. But, like, just with DCTV and the way people talk about, like, original team or original this or original that. Like, that word in DCTV context gives me yes. fucking scabies. Yeah, seriously. So, you know, better luck next time. I guess it doesn't really matter since you didn't bother writing her into the episode. I know. Fuckers. Maybe we'll see her next episode. I don't know what their Zari schedule is going to be now. So... But, um, yeah, overall, I mean, we were really hard on this episode for its political stuff. But, again, if you're going to play around in politics and you're going to try to say stuff, you are going to be criticized for how you say it and what you say and what you don't say. If you want to be, you know, that's the thing. is like, if, you if wanna... no one else is going to say it, then we're going to hold you to the fucking fire because someone apparently has to. Yes, this is truly, this is truly. <gasps> Little man. I hold him. What, do you, what are your thoughts? You got some thoughts? No, he's just going to sniff the mic. Okay. Snaff. I love you. But um, I think it is important to talk about, like, you know, this is actually a thing where going back to last episode when they were like, you know, I appreciate that we can do our own thing and that we're not bound by, like, popular opinion or whatever. I'm like, this has way more to do with the podcast than it does. Like, it's like, yeah, we're, we're able to say this stuff because we're just fucking, we're just two assholes with a microphone. And sometimes you really need that in terms of, like, people willing to say this stuff without worrying if, like, they're going to be sponsored by HelloFresh tomorrow. Um, that does matter. So, you know, in terms of this, it's nice to have... Pick it up. Pick it up what? I mean, like, pick up your leftist, but, like, get better at this. Pick, get yeah, good. It's nice get that good. People, it's, it's nice that people basically telling you to get good. And, yeah, pick it I, up. I guess fundamentally the moral of this episode, get good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All right. Yeah, it is. So we'll see you next episode. Which is the bowling episode. And I do want to mention. Bowling time. Open, open all your doors. No, no, but seriously, after all the details I put into, after all we've mentioned, the John Wayne Gacy bowling, my the family Wayne history Gacy bowling, family, bowling. The, the, the fucking it, Big Lebowski, I think it's been brought up multiple times. I hate it here. Yeah. I fucking hate it here. Okay, whatever. Bye. Bye. <laughs>